<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. Gary Hoffman. Yeah. baby. Shannon Farron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. Is this where your uh, overalls phase began? No. This is actually where it was, it was waning at this point. <laughs> was it? I had already gone through my deep, deep overalls <laughs> period. You were the trendsetter. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. And I never wore them backwards like these guys. Were, was... What about the bold-colored uh, overalls? Or were you just strictly no, denim? No, strictly denim. Uh, light-colored, uh, if anybody oh, remembers God. the old Bugle Boy no. line of jeans. No. They were sort of a light-colored. Uh, and then I, I did have the Oshkosh Bagosh, like, blue and white striped ones. You, this Ooh. is all bad. Today's starting off really hey, good. Hey, the thing is, you guys didn't know me. So did your overalls have a lot uh, pleats? I feel like I do now. Pleats? <laughs> no, I didn't have Okay. Pleats. Well, you got that going for you. <laughs> and to be clear, I don't own any right now. Just right now. <laughs> Next week, maybe a different ball game. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, my goodness. Uh, like Handel was just saying, we have so much going on today. Uh, media outlets reporting that President Trump's bookkeeper for his personal and business affairs for decades has now been granted immunity in this federal investigation of Michael Cohen. Wall Street Journal, NBC News were the first to report on this anonymous source that uh, that says... Longtime Trump Organization finance chief Alan Weiselberg got immunity to talk to federal prosecutors. This is all about the investigation into hush money that Cohen paid two women who claimed affairs with Trump, one a former Playboy model and one a porn star. It'll be interesting to see if this guy has uh, – clearly the feds think he's got something to say, especially if he's been at the, the head of uh, bookkeeping for – the Trump organization and the Trump business uh, for a very long time. So we'll keep an eye on that. That's one of the the big stories that's coming out. Also, Hurricane Lane is now a Category 2 storm, so it has downgraded quite a bit. But it's still causing massive, massive problems on the Hawaiian Islands. And there um, there are still flights going into uh, to Hawaii today. One of your friends is flying <laughs> yes, there. Uh, and, which was strange. Uh, because a lot of people had canceled their travel plans, so he's flying an almost empty airplane over there. Megan McCain adding her voice this morning to people paying tribute to Senator John McCain. The news hitting this morning that he has decided to stop any sort of additional treatment for brain cancer. Megan today on Twitter saying, we could not have made it this far without you speaking about supporters uh, of her father. That's going to be a 
That's a that's a massive loss. I know a lot of people uh, feel like John McCain betrayed the Republican Party uh, at certain points in his political career. But that guy there, you cannot say that he has not loved this country and fought and given his life for this country. That's it's going to be a sad day when he finally uh, passes away. Absolutely. But another death today, actually, this was uh, to pile on top of that was uh, Robin Leach ended up dying today as well. Now, the thing is, he had a stroke last year while he was on vacation down in Cabo and uh, ended up dying just this morning in uh, in Las Vegas. So Robin Leach is gone at the age of well, 76. Um, and we're going to get a – we have a bunch of stuff to do today. We're going to tell you how you can win some tickets from Adam Tickets. We also have some tickets to give away to the new movie coming out next week called Operation Finale, the one with Ben Kingsley and Oscar Isaac. There's a preview coming up next week. We're going to tell you how you can win some tickets to that preview a little bit later in the show. Well, we start with an update in the Molly Tibbetts murder investigation. We spoke with the attorney of uh, the murderer yesterday, and we were uh, one of the first in a number of interviews he went on to do. Yeah. Uh, yes. Is this Gary? Yes, it is. Okay. 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 He, I don't think he was media ready. No. He, well, he's from Tama, Iowa. Okay. Okay. Uh, he was not ready. Alan Richards was uh, not. And, in fact, he couldn't answer the simple questions. Let me rephrase that. He answered the questions that we asked, but he sounded way over his head. And if you can't handle questions from us, right? believe me, you're going to be torn apart in a court of law. You would think so. You would hope so. But again, I don't know uh, how much experience the prosecutors over there have with uh, murder cases. Uh, They're going to bring in some big, big players, I think. Now, to give you an idea, our interview with him yesterday centered on a couple of things. First of all, when Shannon out and out called the guy a murderer... And he didn't react. He did not react. He did not, as a defense attorney, say, say "Wait, whoa, 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 uh, innocent not, until proven yeah, guilty. This is America." To I mean, my I, I could have fought back a lot harder. Right, and I because when you said that, my face went. Whoop. Yeah, I said, "We're talking to the guy who's representing the guy who killed Molly Tibbetts," <laughs> and, and he re- did not react. Zero, zero reaction. Now, uh, after he went on with us, he went on with um, uh, Martha McCallum on Fox News. And she said something about it being an exclusive interview, which isn't true, but they all say that. Now, she was asking him about his his job as a defense attorney and why, you know, what what exactly he's doing to defend this guy. And to give you an idea how over in over his head this guy is, he starts stammering about what a defense attorney really does. I think there's a misconception of what the role of a defense attorney is. My role is to vigorously represent Christian. Mm-hmm. And my obligation is to the administration of justice in a manner that seeks out the truth. Oh, boy. In a manner that helps people and societal problems in a rational, yeah, peaceful, you know what that reminds me of? The beauty pageant from like oh, 10 years ago yes. where yeah. she says such, such as, yeah. and that's a, it was like a word salad right there, just throwing <laughs> words together. 
Hey, throw a little of this in there, throw a little of that in there, a sprinkle of this. That's Miss South Carolina from uh, from Teen 2007. Yes. And if you remember, the, the I just saw that the other day, as a matter of fact, because I was talking about Friday Night Lights. This is a total side trip, and I apologize. Amy Teagarden was the one who asked that question that led up to that crazy answer. Oh, Amy really? Teagarden, who played the daughter in uh, Friday Night Lights. of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so <laughs> because uh, in a manner, people out there in our nation don't have that. Seeks and, out the uh, truth. That our ed- education, like such as in <laughs> South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere, like such as and in a manner. I believe that they should. Uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa that and helps should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. People, so we will be able to build up our future and societal problems much, in a <laughs> rational, yeah, peaceful, that, no, I understand what you're saying. And efficient I, I, manner. I just think. <laughs> You know, uh, whoever was in charge of the bell at that pageant showed an incredible amount of restraint. <laughs> Should have just rung it. Yeah, I would have rung it like 25 seconds before You're he in or the she back. did. Cut yeah. her mic. Cut right. her mic. Save us all. Now, the big thing from yesterday, I tried to ask him this, and he went down the, the wrong path. I was asking, listen, the Department of Justice believes that this guy is in the country illegally. Do you have any information that says that he's legal and his response was he's been a good worker for this farm that he was working for this Yerby farms that doesn't answer the question because Yerby farms came out and said we screwed it up we now believe that he is in the country illegally he lied to us about his identification martha mccallum asked him the same thing about his immigration status you want to jump to say they're facts have these people been under oath have these people provided the opportunity for christians to present his point of view on the matter? It's not a point you of view question. Illegal, it's not Ill- a point of view question. Either he's here legally or he's not here legally. It's really not a point of view question. It's not a rhetoric question, sir. That's maybe your point of view, Martha. We have a society here, an agrarian society, where mm. these individuals are welcome here. They are accepted by the, the, the wealthy individuals that are running these companies, and they're a vital part to the community. <laughs> Again. This has nothing to do with whether or not he killed Molly Tibbetts. Zero. Absolutely nothing. And it's frustrating that this guy appears to be so far in over his head. And he's not even a public defender. I mean, this is not a guy who is, uh, you know, free paid for by the taxpayers. From what I understand, he was hired by the family to represent this guy. Defense attorneys don't need to be the most eloquent people. They don't need to be succinct when they make their points, if they're going to make them at all. All they need to do is poke holes. So you're going to see this a lot. They're not all as polished as, you know, Mark Garrigus. And by the way, I've seen him argue in a courtroom, and he's all over the place, too. (laughs) So... uh, this is just kind of what they do. They talk in circles. They try to create distractions. And, uh, yeah. In the weeks when Molly went missing, the suspect's family says that he wasn't acting any differently. If you remember, one of the things the law enforcement community was asking for was for people to come forward and let them know if there was anybody in their family that was acting differently, that had changed their schedule, or if they could remember back to the night that Molly went missing, if there was something specific about 
that family member not reporting in or doing, you know, changing a pattern of behavior in some way. But the family says that this guy didn't change any of that. And when the family would get together, she says we would talk about the situation, Molly's disappearance. We would comment as well, and we would all say that we were surprised and scared because this is a quiet town. And she said he never displayed signs for us to suspect that he had anything to do with this. Wow. That's that's eerie. Uh, We learned yesterday that Molly was stabbed to death, uh, died from multiple sharp force injuries, according to the preliminary autopsy report. Uh, This is a weird side note. Perry, Iowa. Perry, Iowa has an annual Latino festival. It's been postponed indefinitely. I guess they don't want negative attention uh, because there has been a lot of Latino hate going on on the the people uh, that are his Facebook friends on, on their pages and stuff. You know, go back to Mexico, all all you and your amigos, the whole bit. So maybe they just don't want to create a situation. The decision to ca- cancel the event came down to safety and the fury created by anti-immigrant statements. The uh, member of the Iowa State University Extension and Outreach that helps put this thing on told the Perry News, which is a giant publication, that the politicization of the Molly Tibbetts case was a factor in the cancellation. And if you followed any of that stuff, members of Molly's family have come out and publicly, at least on social media, have been pushing back against people who are making this an issue about immigration, saying that this is more about the death of a a 20-year-old, bright, young girl with her life ahead of her than it is anything about immigration, which I understand the family's desire to make it about Molly so that they don't – so that her name and her identity don't get lost in a political argument about the immigration debate, but you – you don't. You can't separate the two in this case. You you can't take them apart. Molly's memory is going to be uh, around forever, hopefully for for her family. But there are people who don't know Molly, who never will know Molly, never understand the case, that will know only her name as a representative of this type of murder. Kate Steinle is another example of that. The woman who was killed up in San Francisco by a guy who should have been deported or had been deported multiple times. This is this is a case where, uh, unfortunately, you don't get to separate the two. ABC 30 did an investigation about women murdered while jogging and compiled a list of female joggers that have been killed in recent years. Uh, Laura Smither in Friendswood, Texas, she disappeared while on a jog in April 97. Bless you. Her body was found later near a retention pond in Pasadena, Texas. Chandra Levy. I didn't know that she uh, disappeared. I remember she was in a park, yeah, Rock Creek Park when she disappeared. But Or that was the last time she had been seen right. when she was jogging. Right. Did that ever get solved? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who, di- who did it? Gu- Guandiche? I'm going to have to look up the name. Look it up. I'm confused. Or I'm... Uh... I'm interested. I didn't remember the conclusion of that case. It was not the congressman, if that's what well, you're asking. No, I know it wasn't the congressman. Uh, Allie Brueger found shot in the back four times while on a jog near her mother's home in Michigan, July 2016. Karina Ventrano went for a run in New York City in Spring Creek Park, August 2016. Her body found there, uh, beaten and strangled. Vanessa Marcote left her mom's house for a run, Princeton, Massachusetts, in August 2016. 
The same month, uh, she was found dead in a trail of a heavy, heavily wooded area later that day. She'd been assaulted and then and then Molly. But again, one of the things that we were criticized for, and we'll we'll take this uh, criticism, is that we were immediately suspicious of the boyfriend, uh, the boyfriend's brother, that sort of thing. Because the vast majority of deaths like this or disappearances tend to be family or someone close to you, like yeah. an acquaintance. You talk to police detectives who have worked the job for decades, and they will have the same reaction. They will have the same hypothesis in the beginning because that's most likely that's just what happens right so these five these five cases that you're talking about women murdered while jogging um they're they're odd in that they were stranger abductions or stranger murders like this you know uh, where the victim did not know the suspect in the case and that's an unusual way to do it the chandra levy case by the way ingmar guandique was an immigrant from el salvador he was identified uh, he had been convicted of assaulting women. Prosecutors said that he attacked and tied up Chandra Levy and left her to die. Uh, she was uh, He was convicted of murdering her, and then he was granted a new trial a few years ago, but instead prosecutors said that they wouldn't proceed with the case. They just uh, voted to deport him. So um, that was the extension of that case. Thank you. This, um, By the way, this Molly Tibbetts case is not over in any way, and we're going to make sure that we keep an eye on it because it, it brings up issues, whether the – whether it's the immigration issue, the guy's immigration status, whether it's the character of this uh, defense attorney who apparently in over his head, whatever it is, we'll keep an eye on it and bring it to you. Hurricane Lane is taking a toll on roads on Hawaii's Big Island. Officials there say three major roads have been closed because of flash flooding. Numerous secondary roads also closed. More than 30 inches of rain have fallen on the Big Island, some areas recording 35 inches. This is in two days, 48 hours. Uh, multiple landslides, they're saying, could force more road closures. There's currently only one highway for travel across the island. On Oahu, winds picked up last night. Rain started falling shortly after the sunrise, about 6.15 this morning. Maui, a county spokesman, says a brush fire spread to, uh, to about a mile. This is odd. A brush fire in the middle of a hurricane? Yeah. Well, they've had everything else. I mean, they've got, obviously, their uh, their volcano continues to erupt, et cetera. But the, um, and the flooding there, I, I don't, for some reason, I don't envision flooding being a problem in Hawaii. Because just the, the topography of it, where in the middle of these volcanic islands, you've got a peak usually. It's pretty high. And everything kind of flows out to the ocean. It's that, that there wouldn't be enough flat area for there to be flooding but there appears to be a lot of it already absolutely uh the flooding on hawaii's big island has been called catastrophic um the sponge is full <laughs> meaning the ground is so wet that uh, additional rain means that it's gonna pond up and flood according to the national weather service the only real time that i've spent in hawaii was on Kauai, which is the Sort of the outermost island. The Garden of Island. A beautiful place. Yeah. And I was there for my honeymoon a few years after Hurricane Iniki, which is the was the last one to make landfall in Hawaii, in the state. And it was a Category 4 when it hit in 1992. Happens to be our flashback Friday. Uh, killed six people, $3 billion in damage. 1,400 homes on Kauai were leveled. About 14,000 homes were damaged because of Hurricane Inika. Iniki. Power and phone lines were out for weeks. And I found this out when we were there for a honeymoon, that chickens and roosters were blown out of their coops in such numbers 
that there is a giant wild chicken population on Kauai now. My uh, sister-in-law lives on Oahu. And and have you you heard from her? She has chickens. For now. Lots of chickens and chicks and all of that. They're Um, loud as hell in the morning. The the outer bands of the storm that hit the Big Island yesterday swelled up creeks and rivers, the road-blocking landslides. And I can't believe this, but we were saying that we were expecting as much as 20 inches of rain through the course of the storm. There's one observation station on the Big Island that got 20 inches of rain yesterday. And this thing is still going to bring all kinds of rain. Now, the, the, it's unusual for Hawaii to get a direct hit from a hurricane for a few different reasons. Number one, if you look at the land mass of Hawaii, as big as it is when you're standing on it, it's tiny compared to the rest of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, the odds just aren't. They're uh, not there. They're not there. Plus, you've got the cooler water temperatures that are right around the islands that tend to suck the energy out of a hurricane. And that's why it's a Category 2 and didn't uh, rise in strength like we see the Atlantic hurricanes do when they get closer to shore. And then there's wind shear as well, which also can weaken some of these storms. So this is uh, – thankfully, it's diminishing and it is making that left turn that everybody was expecting, so it's probably never going to make landfall on uh, on any of the Hawaiian islands, but maybe some of the but smaller islands. I mean, just getting out. that close enough to them, though, yeah. is is proving to be catastrophic in terms of the flooding and the roads that it's just wiping out. They said that there's a strong core of showers and thunderstorms in the middle. The inner structure of the uh, of the storm itself, the eye wall, for example is becoming increasingly compromised, and that will deteriorate even more throughout the course of the day today. And the the eye had become obscured by late Thursday, which is one way they, they judge the intensity of the storm is how crisp and clear that interior eye wall is. And they talk about something called the upper-level outflow, which is becoming more and more asymmetric. So if you're a weather nerd, you know exactly what that means. Stephanie and Mark Johnston of Melbourne cut their honeymoon short to leave on Wednesday before all the rain began. Uh, Another tourist that the New York Times talked to, Vicki Maywald, is from Texas, and she was vacationing with five family members, and she says, we're sticking to our vacation here on Oahu. She says, we're from Texas, so we've been through a few hurricanes. (laughs) All right, when we come back, um, there are some concerns about Elon Musk and Tesla. We talked on Monday with Rebecca Jarvis about this issue, that the guy at the top, Elon Musk, the entire company is on his shoulders. And if he starts to show some signs of mental fatigue, what happens to the rest of the company? We'll talk about some of the latest uh, conditions that the workers describe. Side note, uh... Anna on Twitter says that we were a little condescending about small town USA. Many in Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, highly educated, more educated than in California. And we were not saying that people are not educated there. We're from small towns. I was just saying that uh, prosecutors and defense attorneys in, like, say, Los Angeles, for example, do murders every day and uh, multiple murders every day. And and that's just what happens. But it's it's just rarer. I'm I'm sure the homicide rates in... um, uh, what's it called? Brooklyn, Brooklyn, County? Brooklyn, oh, Brooklyn Iowa, Iowa yeah. are, are not what no. what. Uh, There's a reason the Powasheet County Sheriff's Department didn't handle the case all by itself. Right. They probably have a, a couple deputies there. Yeah. So that's all we were saying. Not that it's an uneducated thing. It's just an inexperience with murder. Why thing. do you hate small town America? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment with the Elon Musk story. Big bucks and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. I want to go. 
face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough, cause you notice that butt was stuffed. Deep in the jeans she's wearing, I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get whipped up and take your picture. My whole boy's trying to warn me, but that butt <laughs> is so ridiculous. Ooh, rump a smooth skin, you say you wanna get my pins. Well, you need What's the matter with you? Swallow it. Gary's trying not to spit water out of his nose. I did get a couple drops out of there. I don't know why that song. Uh, That's ridiculous. 1992 is our uh, our Flashback Friday year. Thank you, Blake, for that. That is fantastic. Um, A bunch of stories that we're keeping an eye on. The... uh, the latest out of the Molly Tibbetts case is just that the lawyer for the suspect is, is a cuckoo pants. Uh, he, boy, the grasps on reality is uh, loosening, shall we say. Uh, we talked to him yesterday, and you can see, you can listen to uh, our interview with him from yesterday. If you go to the website, kfiam640.com, use the keyword Gary and Shannon. Uh, um, a death today, Robin Leach died at the age of 76. He'd had a stroke many months ago, I want to say November of last year down in Mexico, and finally passed away this morning. Uh, and along those lines, unfortunately, Senator John McCain has apparently stopped uh, medical, medical treatment. treatment. Right. In a statement, McCain's family says that uh, McCain has surpassed expectations for his survival, but the progress of the disease and the advance of age render their verdict. Uh, next hour, Dean Sharp is going to join us. We're going to talk about uh, one thing that you can do. Well, a couple things. Uh, you got to move some furniture around the house, whatever you're doing, uh, how to protect yourself in that case. So, Elon Musk continues to struggle. Tesla is under investigation by the SEC following that tweet that he said uh, that, that Tesla may go private, uh, that funding is secured. Employees are now talking. They're talking to the New York Post about what's going on inside Tesla, and it is not good. The... The issue appears to be Elon Musk himself, uh, that the environment perhaps is a result of this guy losing his mind. Now, that, that's, that's not my description of it. It's the way people who work closely with him have described it, um, that there are employees who have said that even though Elon Musk is the draw for a lot of them to work, they want to work around a guy who is so brilliant, who is so innovative and has been so successful in getting these new innovations to the market that when they see this guy up close, they realize he's a broken, cracked, and apparently faltering man. They say he's walking a razor wire between the things he's promising and the things he can actually deliver. That's not out of the ordinary in Silicon Valley. To head a startup or a technology company, you kind of have to talk about the future. We talked a little bit about it with Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos and the blood testing company. And writing checks your your, your ass can't cash, right? Promising people that your product is further along than it really is. You have to do that to some degree when you are a, a visionary like this and your your company is in its infancy and until recently it looks like investors and employees bought into his vision but that may be eroding yeah and i think that the biggest issues that we've seen have all been about the model three model three is their version of a car that was supposed to be the most affordable version of an all-electric car 
and it was going to come out for forty-five, fifty thousand dollars, whatever it was, instead of the hundred and twenty that you, you you'd have to put down for a different Tesla. And they were having huge production problems. They were not able to deliver the number of cars that they said they were going to. So he has been working for the last two or three years in ironing out these production problems. But it's been in the last couple of months where it appears it appears that these cracks are starting to show. Staff meetings with Elon Musk, according to one source, are not that far from the infamous Trump cabinet meeting when everyone went around the table praising the president yeah. and thanking him for the privilege. Yeah, and I, I, I could, I can see that. I mean, one thing about about Elon Musk and people like him. I mean, people who are that smart and innovative, they're not grounded in reality, which maybe may, is why they are so brilliant. He did seem a little unhinged uh, when he did that interview with The New York Times, describing the past year as excruciating, vacillating between tears and laughter. He just seemed like he was running on 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 empty. Or a combination of like Ambien and cocaine at the same time. He said he hadn't taken a week's vacation since 2001, claimed to be working 120 hours a week. With three to four days spent sleeping at the factory, never seeing daylight. Yes, taking Ambien to sleep. And yes, board members know he occasionally uses recreational drugs. But And, and the thing is, he says that his stress is not from the missed production woes uh, or the missed production times on the uh, Model 3 or missed deadlines or, or anything like that. He says it's from the outside sources, these short sellers who are betting on Tesla's failure. He also said, at least in that New York Times article, he has no intention of abandoning Twitter despite pleas of board members and outside observers to do so. Who's that sound like? I am curious if someone's going to do something, uh, a study about whether or not Twitter specifically, I mean, social media, we could probably say in general, but Twitter specifically is somehow addictive. Hmm. Because why wouldn't a guy like Elon Musk... Twitter has done nothing positive for him no. in the last few months. Nothing. And it's not, I mean, the argument that the president has about Twitter is he can't get his message out there unfiltered without Twitter. Maybe that's the same way Elon Musk feels. Okay, but Elon Musk has used Twitter to call a British diver a pedophile. Yeah, uh, he may have been short on sleep <laughs> that week. I mean, he, he also did this whole thing where the SEC starts sniffing around opening an investigation when he talks about having secured funding at $420 a share for the company that would have, would have valued the company at about $80 billion. You can't, you can't come out and do that. Twitter is not the venue for that. So it's curious to me that he would consider that the best way to communicate, even though it's done him no favors recently. Speaking of Twitter, I can't get away from this story on Twitter. There's a new study out today. Another day, another study. That's right. And this one is pretty, uh, pretty unfair <laughs> to just everyday people. Is this the alcohol study? Yes. Can't wait. Gary and Shannon will continue. Oh, yeah. Big weekend. 
I do have a big weekend. Going oh. up to Denver. Oh. I got to leave the show early today. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Oh. Um, the uh, couple of things before we get to the story of your long weekend. Uh, some big headlines that are coming up right now, actually. The president has directed Mike Pompeo to delay yeah. his trip to North Korea. Yeah, because apparently they're not doing enough to, to get do rid nothing, of, to, to get rid of their nuclear right. uh, capabilities. So, so lack of progress on denuclearization. So Mike Pompeo's got it. He's got nothing to do this weekend. So maybe he shows up in Denver with you. Um, also, Alan Weiselberg is a longtime chief financial officer for the Trump organization, for the Trump business. And he apparently has been granted immunity to testify in the Michael Cohen case. Also, a former director of the CDC has been accused of grabbing a woman's behind. He was arrested today on a sex abuse charge. Dr. Thomas Frieden, remember him? Yeah. Can you do... I, I guess you can't grab a handful of bottom anymore. Uh, today happens to be Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets, giving you a chance at free movie tickets. All you have to do is text the word reporter to Atom1, A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win. It's the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, Pre-order concessions all from your phone. Skip those lines. Standard data text message rates may apply. So your friend Katie's finally, she's finally tying the knot. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Knot's tied. Having a, a wedding celebration Saturday at the same time that the Chargers play the Saints. So oh, I'm going so to go up for the uh, the night before festivities. You're doing the pre-party. We're going to go to a baseball game. Is there going to be alcohol? Oh, tonight you're going to baseball game? Yeah, Rockies Cardinals. Oh, that's good. That'll be a fun game. Yeah, it should That's be. A, it, it matters. It does matter. All of them matter now. Um, so you're going to drink? Um, probably uh, lightly because, you know, got a game That's on true. Saturday. You, I like to be to hydrated, you know, lightly. out there. Uh, by lightly, you just mean light beer and Chardonnay. Yes. Okay. Um, there was a study in the journal The Lancet published yesterday that said, there is no amount of liquor, wine, or beer that is safe for your overall health. None. Alcohol is the leading risk factor for disease and premature death in men and women. Men and women between the ages of 15 and 49 worldwide. Listen, there's a new study for every new day. I mean, just last week there was a study about upset. beer being good for you. A glass of wine is equal to an hour of exercise. Uh, all of this. It's, it's just moderation. And, and this study that no amount of alcohol is good for your overall health is just hogwash. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who wrote this. <laughs> But I got something to say to you, bub. No, seriously, though. You know, it's like it, studies about coffee. You know, right. uh, coffee will kill you on a Monday. By Friday, there's another study that says coffee is essential to uh, brain growth. It's just <laughs> it's just it depends on who you ask and when it's either hot or it's cold or it's hot or it's cold. It's kind of like overalls. All right. Overalls are in, and then they're out, they're and then they're really, in. And they're, they're, they're never they're, really in. Un- I think unless, that they're making a comeback. No, unless you are in the front end. Oh, my God, Julie's wearing overalls. Hello. See? Unless That's you exactly are. That's exactly what I'm saying. And like I was going to say, unless you're in the KFI news booth or <laughs> you're in the, the, the engine of a locomotive. Overalls have definitely come back in I women's. I think they're hip and cool. Yeah, they've definitely come yeah. back in women's fashion because I see them everywhere. I don't know if they'll come back for your kind. 
You mean men? Yeah. Ah. Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. But they're cute on girls. Uh, they are. I for, love overalls. For all ages, alcohol was associated with 2.8 million deaths in 2016. But listen to this. You they, with your they, negativity. They're, they're I hate it when you this, come from a place of no. They're stretching the relationship here. They said these deaths include alcohol-related cancer and cardiovascular diseases. And I understand that. But infectious diseases like tuberculosis? Come on. Also, intentional injuries such as violence and self-harm. So like so a dirty you, dancy, a dirty it, dancing lift into a window in Chicago? Right. Well, I thought, it was, under the, I thought it was in the, the like hallway carpeting. No, 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 no. It was in the room. You had a window? Well, uh, you could have fallen out the window. I thought I the burn was from the rug. So yeah. the window was Carpet. in Nashville and the rug burn on my face from the lift was in Chicago. I know I've seen a video of that, of Chicago. Yes, thank you. I, that's what I said, too. Just I have like, video of Nashville. I don't have any of Chicago. Anymore. My lift partner will actually be in Denver tonight, so maybe maybe more video happens. Maybe we do a lift. Katie, if you're listening, record everything she does. <laughs> China, India, and Russia led the world in alcohol-related deaths in men and women. And the United States ranks fifth among men, seventh among women on that list. Now, part of the problem with this study is that you have a standard alcoholic drink. And they define it very, very um, – what's the word? Very specifically. They define it very specifically. Ten grams – or about 12 milliliters of alcohol. So that varies around the world. For example, in the UK, they they have smaller drinks, period, In the at about 8 grams. The United States is about 14 grams. But in places like Italy and Portugal and Spain, you've been to all of those places. I have not They're, been to Portugal. But you're going. Potentially. Their pores are much bigger than you would find here in the United States. It, in, like, it, you know, it kind of depends on the establishment like, I was at an El Torito this week. In Portugal? Uh, no, oh. in Pasadena. Oh, okay. And the pour was very small, maybe like this. Mm-hmm. In fact, I looked at the glass and I said, what, what is this? What, what, is this taste? Am I tasting it? What's happening here? Um, but, you know, you go to another establishment and, you know, the pour is the entire wine glass. And that happens here and it happens in Spain and it happens in Italy. It's more about the establishment, I think, than, than the, the place, the, the country. The countries with the highest percentage of men and women who reported drinking. Any ideas? The highest percentage of drinkers. Ireland. No. I want to, uh, what are the. Uh, oh, maybe somewhere very cold. I want the top three. Okay. Can you name, Blake, let's do a quick gas go around, the quiz edition. I need the top three countries. With the highest percentage of men and women who reported drinking in the previous year. That's okay, any I, drinks in the I previous year. I would say mm-hmm. America, France, and uh, <laughs> Germany. Okay, you got one right. Germany. Okay. Okay, but you, that's the third. That's mm. third highest. Blake. Um, so we're adding on to Germany. Yes. Top oh, three. Maybe. I need the top go two. Russia. Now. Oh, yeah, duh. Why was I not thinking okay. of Russia? And maybe where your parents are. Give me another one. 
Either one of those actually kind of yeah. works. Ireland? No. Scotland. Neither one of those. <laughs> Neither one of those. Russia's up there, though. No, it's not. Not what? in the top three. This what? study is such crap. Morgan, what do you have? I need two more. Germany, we know, is the third highest percentage of men and women who report drinking in the previous year. What are the top two? Um, is England one? No. No? No. Think colder than that. North England. <laughs> yes. Congratulations, Blake. Old England. The North Pole. No. Uh, the top two, Denmark and Norway, are the top two in terms of percentage of no. people who said that they I call had Bologna a drink in the last year. Denmark, I didn't see any, Norway. I didn't see any drunkards in Norway. I feel like that's because the study people went to Russia and the Russians told them to leave. Totally. So they never got the numbers. Yeah, this study is so flawed. I'm not believing any part of it. Coming up next, Duncan Hunter. What an apple this guy is. He gets in trouble for misusing campaign dollars, and he's rolling on his wife? Mm. Apple, apple, apple. Gary and Shannon will continue after this. Shannon. Friday, August 24th, 1992 is our flashback Friday year. We have a bunch of stuff coming up. In fact, uh, we're going to tell you how you can win a couple of uh, couple of passes to go see MGM's new dramatic thriller, Operation Finale. There's a special preview coming up on Monday night. The film opens next Wednesday. Ben Kingsley, Oscar Isaac in this new movie coming up. We'll tell you how you can win tickets a little bit later. Congressman Duncan Hunter... Made news this week, and in a week that was so news-heavy, he almost got buried. (laughs) When this indictment was rolled out, it was a very busy day. This was the day, I believe, they found Molly's body in Iowa. There was a bunch going on in Washington. I believe it was the Manafort guilty verdicts day, the Cohen guilty verdicts day. So this got kind of buried underneath all of that. But Congressman Duncan Hunter and his wife are in trouble for spending more than $250,000 in campaign funds for personal use. And yesterday, he was doing an interview where he completely rolled on his wife. I have not, I have not seen such a blatant uh bus throw in many, many years, especially not in this context. The indictment was 47 pages. It alleged wire fraud, filing false campaign finance records, prohibited use of campaign funds and bank fraud. They they used thousands of dollars of campaign cash to take trips to Italy, Hawaii, London to cover school tuition, dental work, theater tickets. The most egregious item was when he was shopping for some shorts to go to Hawaii with. And she said, why don't you go to a golf pro store because buy the shorts there and then we can say that we bought golf balls for the Wounded Warriors Project. Nice. And the... I, I think there's a couple of things here that we have to remember that he, and he'll explain in this and I'm laughing because it's funny. He'll explain it in his uh, in his the portion of the interview that we're going to play. Uh, but he basically said, you know, there was money spent on things. The campaign did make some mistakes, not by me, but by the campaign. 
And I paid that back before my last election in terms of uh, money that the campaign spent on stuff. Uh, This is also beyond the pale of accidents. I would imagine that when everybody sits down and does their taxes, there are things where you go, can I deduct that? I don't know if I can. Should I deduct that? Yes. I I mean, it's a wobbler. Maybe I'll deduct it, but I don't want to raise any red flags. A portion of it. Right. That sort of thing. This is this goes beyond that because we're talking about not accidents, thousands of dollars of campaign cash for trips in Italy, Hawaii, London, all over the place, covering school tuition, dental work, theater tickets, that sort of thing. So Margaret Hunter is Duncan Hunter's wife, and she had campaign credit and debit cards. So according to this filing, she could buy a wide variety of family groceries, household items and personal gifts. Let's throw in there dinner at Spago or in and out. Doesn't matter. Either one of them is illegal and both of them are what's alleged here. Now, in this interview, the congressman, among other things, says this is a total political witch hunt. It's not his. It's the Democrats that control the law, uh, the Department of Justice. You know, in in in, in that vein, uh, even even if the Democrats are controlling the Department of Justice and are going after Republicans and and people connected with Trump, mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from the fact that he's guilty of all these things. It's just he's saying, "Why am I getting caught?" Because the Democrats are going after Republicans, right? One of the allegations also is that when he was confronted about some of this spending by the guy who was in charge of the finances, one of the bookkeepers for the campaign, he said, well, uh, it shouldn't be illegal. Okay, this is Duncan Hunter's explanation about where the hundreds of thousands of dollars went. When I went to Iraq in 2003, the first time I gave her power of attorney, and she handled my finances throughout my entire military career, and that continued on when I got into Congress, because I'm gone five days a week, I'm home for two, So, uh, and she was also the, the, camp, the campaign manager, so whatever she did, on that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be looked at, too, I'm sure, but, uh, but I didn't do it. Wow, what an apple. <laughs> what a bad dude. They were in court yesterday, separated by three attorneys between the two of them. Really? They didn't make eye contact. Wow. They didn't make eye contact. Now, I don't know. I don't know anything about Duncan Hunter and his wife. I don't know if there's a relationship of uh, if it's a if it's a true love relationship, if it's one of those uh, relationships that's more business than it is emotion, whatever. Uh, I that doesn't impact this case at all to me. It's highly surprising that he would throw her under the bus as blatantly as he did. That's yeah. And even in the the words he chose to use, you know, not not a well, you know, my wife's been doing the books ever since I went. And I like how he says ever since I went to Iraq the first time. Right. You know, like I am Reminder. an American. Reminder, yes. I have fought for this country. How dare you come after me? But um, yeah, the words he chose instead of saying like, well, she did the, she did the books. And you know what? I don't I don't know what her thinking was. I can't believe that she would do this on purpose. That's not the person that she is. You know, something like that. But he's just, he's kind of mean about it. And I wonder if when this indictment came down, this this 47-page grand jury indictment, that they looked across the kitchen table at each other and said, well, it was fun while it lasted. But uh, And she thinks, wait a minute, what are you talking about? You did it. And he says, I can't go down for it, but you can. I, I <laughs> this... This may be the end of that relationship because uh, well, that, and even my wife would e- okay, kick so, me out if I so did something he, stupid. Like here's that. Here, here's the thing: um, 
<laughs> excuse me, when he says he didn't do it, it doesn't mean he didn't have knowledge it was happening because the indictment lays out the conversation that they had about the stupid shorts for Hawaii. Right. So he Good knew point. it was going on. If he wasn't the one who physically moved the funds, that's one thing, but he had knowledge of it. Apple. Made me laugh. I didn't do it. Look at her. She's the one who had the cards. It's almost like a teenager, right? Totally. Like getting caught doing something. All right. Uh, When we come back, the latest when it comes to the uh, Amazon warehouse workers. They've complained about conditions for a long time. Now Amazon is hiring people to confront the people who work at Amazon. Interesting way to go about changing your PR system. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon. Some of the headlines today, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo originally had planned to go to North Korea. And the president said, hey, uh, Mike, why don't we sit on that for a while? Told the, told the Secretary of State not to go to North Korea. Apparently, they have not made enough progress on denuclearization. A series of tweets this morning, just a few minutes ago, actually. The president also said that he believes that China is not holding North Korea's feet to the fire here. Because of the sanctions that we have imposed upon them. Also, uh, the Trump Organization chief financial officer, a guy named Alan Weiselberg, has been granted immunity in the Michael Cohen case. And the Fed's looking into uh, potential campaign violations, campaign finance violations in payments that were made to a porn star and a Playboy playmate. Hurricane Lane dumping torrential rains that have caused a lot of flooding on the Big Island. People are stocking up on supplies, piling sandbags to shield businesses. The surf is just violent. Uh, the Category 2 storm was expected to turn west tomorrow before reaching the islands and just skirting Oahu. But even without making a direct hit, it is going to bring a massive storm surge. High wind, heavy rain, a lot of uncertainty in the forecast for people in Hawaii. A couple of years ago, a lot was being made about Amazon's fulfillment centers, these giant warehouses where they take the things that you order, throw them into the boxes and ship them out. And there was a a lot made by the U.S., uh, the National Council for Occupational Safety and Health, because These fulfillment centers were labeled one of the most dangerous places to work in the entire United States. I mean, you know, outside of a tire shop or uh, a brothel or a coal mine, you know, something like that. Amazon has been accused of dehumanizing its staff to deliver products to customers, Uh, workers at the distribution centers are said to face disciplinary action if they lose a punishing race against the clock to track down items ordered by online shoppers. <laughs> the staff painted a picture of a very stressful environment ruled by the bleeps of handheld devices, nicknamed the gun, instructing them which items to collect. Yeah. I, Bo- bosses are said to push staff so far past breaking points that they practically combust. What? Combust? There's a survey of workers in 100 uh, 
100 fulfillment center workers, there are thousands of them, but they only took 100, more than half of them said they suffered from depression. Eight of them said they had considered suicide. Let's let's Remember there were, let's there were just reports of people just crying in the aisles? Yes. I mean, I can understand there being a uh, – if there's a clock on you, uh, gosh, who works on clocks every day under the guise of deadline? But if you worked under a clock every day and it's constantly beeping at you and reminding you that you're doing it wrong or you're not doing it fast enough. I think I'd like this job. I like – I'm goal-oriented, you know? I kind of feel like it's a pull-up-your-pants situation, isn't it? Pull-up-your-pants situation. Yes. Yeah, get back in the game. Stop yeah. complaining about it. You or, also, or that's just not – You also work the, at a fulfillment center. Right, or that's just not the work for you. If you can't handle deadlines and, uh, and a feverish pace, then that's not uh, where you should be. Well, one of the interesting things is they've been getting blasted on Twitter by random fulfillment center employees – who will fire off tweets about how horrible the working conditions are. So what Amazon has done has hired, and I I am a little curious about if there's actual multiple people behind this, but they say they've hired an army of Twitter ambassadors who will fire off swaths of tweets about life inside one of the uh, fulfillment centers. And they talk about, you know what, it's not as bad as you say. So if, say, Tammy puts up a tweet about how bad the working conditions are and she doesn't get regular bathroom breaks or I feel like I'm going to combust. Then Phil, the ambassador, replies, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's great over here on aisle four. I've got my feet up. Or if Carl writes and says, this company treats me like S. Then Ambassador Susan writes back, I just got free lunch. From Amazon today. When Tabitha writes in, I don't make enough money, Ambassador Shea then writes in, don't you realize Amazon pays warehouse workers 30% more than other retailers? Now, usually when, you, when you're doing a PR push like this, you're doing it for outside customers. You're telling them how great your product is. In this case, they're clearly concentrating on the people who work within the buildings to try to keep them there and tamp down any sort of resentment that they would have towards their bosses. We've worked for some of the same companies over the years, and there have been conversations amongst uh, employees about what a particular station or company, how it it, uh, it treats its employees, mm-hmm. and it's not always flattering stuff, right? But would you ever go on Twitter and talk crap about the company that signs your paycheck? It just seems like a dumbass it, move to me. It is a dumbass move, but I wonder if that's there's this assumption in general that social media doesn't count for some reason. It does. I know it does. People but I mean, read the, it. The people would would be able to say, but I was just using it to vent my frustrations about something. You know, it's like the girl yesterday that we told you about who got the NASA internship and, and, and went oh, on Twitter right. and said, I just got the NASA internship, uh, F yeah, or something yeah. like that. And somebody wrote back to her and said language. And she said, that's my D and B's. Yeah. And he was like uh, uh, of the body that uh, controls NASA, and she in her internship went away. You know who uh, thinks it's a good idea? Perhaps you don't to know do me. That? I'm the guy they make movies about. My name is Homer Hickam, and you just lost your internship. Good lord! 
S your own D and B's. I mean, I sound like grandpa on the rocker, but it's true. I mean, kids, don't go on Twitter and talk crap about your company. It's a bad move. It doesn't get you any points in the good column. No. And you wonder why they don't let you use the bathroom. All right, we come back. Dean Sharp, host of uh, Home, is going to join us. And we're going to be talking about lifting heavy things that even, even you can lift that refrigerator, perhaps. Look at these guns. The what? These guns right here. What are you pointing at? That's my bicep. Oh. I couldn't see it. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Some big stories we're following today. Media outlets reporting that President Trump's bookkeeper for his personal and business affairs for decades have been granted immunity in this federal investigation of uh, Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. It's not good. A uh, former director of the uh, CDC, one-time New York City health commissioner, was arrested for groping a woman inside his Brooklyn Heights apartment. Thomas Frieden was the head of the CDC from 2009 to 2017. Apparently grabbed her backside in his apartment. So, so you could have pressed charges against a woman that grabbed your backside at the News and Brews in Huntington Beach? I don't think it would stand up in court. Why? Because I leaned into it. Got it. Dean Sharp joins us on Fridays at this time. Dean Sharp, host of Home, the House Whisperer, here on KFI. You almost say host with two syllables. You know that? No. Host. It's really? almost Yeah, there's a little Y in there. Host. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm here. Going, what's going on? You know what? Today's theme is uh, little things that help a lot. Mm. Okay. I brought nice this, I brought this really there. heavy chair in yeah, here. You struggled. This chair you're, is heavy. You're bigger than all of us, and you struggled bringing that chair in here. But I, I want to demonstrate, and we're going to do Facebook Live and Instagram Live today. Facebook Live on At Home with Dean, Instagram Live uh, uh, with Gary and Shannon. And uh, Shannon, we're going to pick up something heavy today. All right. You and me. Not just this chair, but These this guns. chair maybe with Gary in it. Oh. oh, wow. We should pick That's Gary a lot up of weight. That's a great in idea. this chair. That's a great idea. Did you have a donut today? I did not. Oh. So anyway, yeah. all I want to do, I just want to very <laughs> simply show you these little straps here. They're these orange straps. They're called forearm forklifts, and they are designed for normal, average, everyday people to be able to uh, haul around and lug around big, heavy things like refrigerators and stoves and stuff that you would normally think there's no way in the world that I'm going to, oh, look at my phone is ringing. Hmm. Don't they know you're on the air? Uh, <laughs> there's no way in the world that I'm going to be able to move that stuff. But uh, And the key here is not so much muscle strength as it is leverage in just the right spots where these straps fit onto our arms. So it's the old it's- Archimedes thing. Give me a lever and a fulcrum and I will... Move the That's world. what I always say. Well, we will move Gary today. Let's do it. I love this idea. Now, you can just pick these up anywhere. Can you make your own? I, I wouldn't make my own. I wouldn't recommend making your own. Okay. You can pick these up, though. At hardware. The, uh, I think I got these at Home Depot. They're like $19.99. Yeah, and they are a life changer. I've seen people, uh, when we moved into the condo the first time, we had 
somebody bring a refrigerator up the stairs, and it was two flights of stairs. And I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not asking my buddies to do it. I'll pay the 85 whatever the delivery fee was. And they had these things on their arms, and I'd never seen them before, and it was magical. It really is. How two guys could maneuver a – how much does a refrigerator weigh? 400 pounds? I, don't, I mean – Sure. So, but they sure. were able to maneuver that thing through. Two That's the surprising of thing, not just the fact that you can get it up off the ground, but how easy it is to walk around. Which we will walk around with you a little bit. I don't know if that's a great idea, but okay. are you ready, Let's Shannon? Do it. All right, somebody needs to do the play-by-play here and do this at the same time. Oh, All right. I'll, I'll try. You, okay, yeah, you come okay. over here, Shannon. Right. So what we've got is we've got these two straps here. Gary is taking his seat mm. on the throne. You kind of look like Captain Kirk sitting there. I got to say, that's a very Kirkian chair there. All right, Shannon, pick up those ends of those straps right there, okay? And, uh, geez, how am I going to do this? Yeah, why don't you do the play-by-play? I'll do the play-by-play while I'm sitting in the chair. So so Shannon's on the right side, and she's got the two orange straps. Now, all you need to do, don't, don't pull them yet. All you need to do, there are three sets of holes on each of these straps. Three here, sets okay? of holes, all, all right. All you need to do is bend down mm-hmm. just a, a few inches, okay? And, and I want you to put your... Your arm through the hole that is most, yeah, probably that one right there. Okay. All right. Now put it all the way up right next to your elbow, but not on your elbow. Okay. Now move in closer mm-hmm. and just lay your hand, one hand on the chair here, mm-hmm. like this. Okay. Actually, you know what? Go in the hole. Go in one hole lower. One hole lower for both straps. She's going to get some leverage here by going yeah, a little yeah. bit lower, a into lower, the, lower into the straps. Okay. okay. Put one hand on Gary's shoulder, yeah. one on the chair here. All right. right? And, uh, Okay, so Dean also needs more leverage, so he's going one hole lower. All right, so they're okay. they're both bent now, over. Now, with your back straight, all we're going to do okay. is on three, we're just going to stand up. Okay. Okay, ready? I'm one, scared. Two, I'm scared. You guys three. shouldn't. Ah! Uh, ah! <laughs> all right. Gary, now let's walk over there a little bit. Okay. Walking over there. Okay. I don't now let's walk over here. Okay. Okay, I don't down. love it. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. You're heavy. Hey, wait a minute. That's not true. Now, okay. So, did you? But in did you think you were going to be able to pick me up? No. Like, come over here right now I, and try I, to pick I me up. I even had like some phantom back well, try, pain. Yeah, try and get get under the chair. Here yeah. See if you can that. see if you can pick me up from this without the straps, just side of the chair. Okay. No. See. See. I'm like I don't want to pull anything. Science. <laughs> So, again, these are called uh, – I don't know if there are more items like this on the market, but these are called forearm forklifts. I'm a little out of breath, too, Dean. And they're about 20 bucks. I mean, That's, uh, the hard okay, you, don't have to, you don't have to it, pretend to breathe hard because well, I'm not, not that it's fat. It's not like a light as a feather, <laughs> stiff as a board thing where he, he just met- – donut. He had all the donuts. Oh, man. Uh, they also call them – what did you call that, forearm forklift? There's yes. another one called the shoulder dolly. Uh, similar, yes. similar product, yeah. same thing. So the same kind of straps. And this thing, do we have time for this? I don't know. Yeah. Do we see this little guy right here. Yeah. This looks like uh, one of those typical kind of four wheel dolly furniture moving things, right? right? But you'll notice it's got this kind of weird knob on the top. I'm shocked at how many people don't know about this. Um, you know that those big, the best. heavy duty, Rubbermaid 55 gallon trash can that you've got. Yeah. The reason, if you look down inside that empty trash can, and it's got a weird molded uh, floor on it. Bump. 
is because Rubbermaid has made it for this little guy right here to yeah. screw into the bottom. So then you've got, what is that, five casters on that? You've got wheels that will you can roll your 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 junk around. Exactly. Hmm. Just roll your junk around. Roll your junk around. All day, Gare. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag roll uh, your junk around. This weekend, what are you doing on your show? I have no idea. Excellent. Oh, I love honesty. What That's, am I doing? Wait, 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 no. Uh, we're going to talk about the perks and the pitfalls of doing a period design on a house, you know, when you're trying to emulate a certain sure. traditional right. look. There are ways to do it. There are ways not to do it. <laughs> so that's, that's where we're going. That's very helpful because that's very in, too. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks. You know, thanks. the whole postmodern crap. Yeah. We, yeah, all that, you know. <laughs> crap. I'm not an interior designer, Dean. Trying to stay relevant. That's Thank you, Dean. <laughs> Follow Dean on uh, social media at Home with Dean, and you can hear him Sunday morning, 9 to 11, right here on KFI. Thank you, sir. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. I don't understand sometimes. I don't understand 1992. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was a really dark period for music, apparently. Uh, I was going to say, I don't understand. So CNN gets criticized for going after the president, and they say, we're just doing our jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And then they run with a headline, the Trumps make their first appearance together since the Cohen plea. What the That's hell? dumb. How are, you, how are you fighting against the the label of bias when you put something as stupid as that up there right. as a story? And Kate Bennett, the White House reporter... I, I don't know. It's silly. It's silly. All right. Uh, we are uh, covering a lot of stories through the course of today. The big one, I think, is probably going to be Hurricane Lane, this Category 2 storm that's still causing problems on the Hawaiian Islands. There were 20 inches of rain in some areas on the Big Island just yesterday. They were saying 20 inches may have been a storm total over the course of several days, but just yesterday it got 20 inches of rain. 35, I think, in some places. That's unbelievable. Uh, The sad news out of Arizona is that Senator John McCain's family has announced that the senator has decided to uh, discontinue treatment, medical treatment for his brain tumor. He's 81. Uh, He was diagnosed with a brain tumor. He's been very uh, private, I guess. I don't know if you want to. He hasn't been able to travel, so he's been stuck at home being taken care of. But it looks like he has not been responding to treatment. His birthday, by the way, his 82nd birthday is next week. Hurricane Lane is causing some big problems on the Big Island. It's washed away a bunch of roadways. There's only one roadway now to get from one side of the island to the other. Looks like this thing is going to swoop by the islands tomorrow, but they're saying it doesn't need to be a direct hit for it to be catastrophic damage. Have Have you seen this video of Paul Flart? Yeah, this this reminds me of Office Space a lot. The guy, okay, it's a security guard working in a hospital in Florida. And he said he realized one day while he was working in some downtime that the lobby where he sits has great acoustics. And naturally, we all fart. He says one, I don't want to say that out loud. One day I ripped a, na- a rather nice one and got really good sound from it. And he says he's, <laughs> so the next day he recorded one and sent it in a group chat. He says his friends loved it. 
and suggested he take this show online. Okay. They helped him brainstorm names until Paul Flart uh, was suggested, and that stuck. <laughs> and it stuck. The guy is a goofy character. Look, yes, I mean he does. He looks he's like he'd fit right into that cast of Office Space. Right. Um, and the one video that's really making making waves is a video that's gotten almost a half a million views in the last couple of days. It's I mean, it started his, slow. It's but. just his face. And it's up close of his face, and he makes, like, a weird little expression, and then you hear the output. The output. One way to put it. Hey, Gary. Yes. <laughs> we have gotten to, I don't know what day of the show this is. Uh, this is a couple years in mm-hmm. for our show. Yeah. This is the day that we play the sound of a random office worker farting. It was only 10 seconds. On it was, in fact, it was less than 10 seconds. What is that? What is that? That's Neil. Oh. Oh. That was his mouth guy. doing that. So we've kind of done this before is what you're saying. Yeah, you guys were in the studio <laughs> Got it. when that happened. Got it. <laughs> that was less than 10 seconds of sound from, uh, from Paul Flart's video page. And according to... According to a write-up about this phenomenon, by the way, he lost his job at the hospital for this. Yeah, and he did it. Uh, he he recorded him losing his own job live. It, his supervisor asks him to stop recording. He calmly declines. His supervisor points out that he violated the private security company's policy about using phones on the job an unusually high amount of times, like a typical supervisor would say, right? Right. Um. On top of that, he recorded himself while he was wearing the company's uniform on a client's private property. He denies that on the, or he doesn't deny any of it. He refuses to sign the report that details the behavior. Uh, he says it's irrelevant at this point, and he walks away. So the thing is, the descri- <laughs> do not read the descriptions and the comments on this guy's YouTube page Why? or Instagram because. If you've ever struggled for words to describe flatulation, you will be inundated. Really? The descriptions... It's like Eskimos and the number of words they have for snow? Right, right. They range from short, flat zaps, snare drums. How about this one? Sonorous anal bellows. I'm going to go. I think I'm done here. Lethal toots, wet ones. Now, listen, we live in a society where this is the big popular thing right now, just to be popular for really nothing. You are leaving, aren't you? We're going to keep making content. We can do Paul Flart on vacation, you know, throw him in a Hawaiian shirt and a hat of some sort, and then just fart around Florida. If you've ever wondered... When our civilization is going to end, I feel m- there are more and more indicators that it's it's close. And and Paul Flart is one of those. Talks about him in Revelation. He <laughs> talks about Paul Flart. It does. He's already making Paul Flart merchandise. He has enlisted friends who make music videos and do graphic design to help take him to the next level. And he says it's just a matter of time before he starts getting letters from viral star managers. And 
for poor Doug. He never gives uh, never gives his last name apparently for poor Doug. He says maybe it's better to be fired for being who you are than employed for who you are not. That's wisdom from a man whom we know simply for farting. It's pretty wise. All right, we have some trending stories coming up. We have Swamp Watch coming up at next, uh, the bottom of next hour. Movie previews coming around. All of it is still coming around on the Gary and Shannon Show. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. Gary and Shannon. Hey, it's Friday, August 24th, 1992 is our Flashback Friday year. It's the last time a hurricane hit Hawaii, at least made landfall. They're, of course, dealing with Hurricane Lane today. It's now downgraded to a Category 2 storm. It's been causing problems all across Hawaii. 20 inches of rain fell in some places on the Big Island yesterday. Um, Also, Mike Pompeo had his trip to North Korea canceled. The president told Mike Pompeo not to go to North Korea. Apparently, there haven't been, uh, there has not been enough progress, according to him, on the denuclearization deal that they had reached. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk more about the health of Senator John McCain. His family says that uh, he has discontinued treatment for his brain tumor, and that is uh, that is never going to be good news. So, we will talk about uh, all of that coming up at the bottom of the hour. We have some uh, some movie stuff to talk about next hour. We'll talk about some of the preview stuff coming up as well. But in the meantime, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Big story trending in New York City right now is that Thomas Frieden, former head of the CDC, was arrested today on charges of sex abuse, forcible touching, and harassment of a woman. Thomas Frieden was one-time director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, stepped down when President Trump took office. A 55-year-old woman filed a complaint against this guy back in July, accusing him of grabbing her butt against her will last October at his apartment in Brooklyn Heights. Uh, He was the health commissioner in New York City from 2000 to 2009. Then he got appointed by President Obama to head the CDC and then was, like I said, in that office until 2017, still in custody today. And there's not a whole lot of details about exactly what he's accused of doing other than grabbing this woman. And we know it was in his apartment that all of this supposedly took place. don't know if he's got an attorney or anything. Lately, he's been working for a, a nonprofit called Resolve to Save Lives, Put together by a bunch of people, including the Zuckerberg Initiative, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Bloomberg Philanthropies, etc. Another trending story is uh, an unfortunate celebrity death. And in this case, Robin Leach, best known for uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous guy. He was a um, he was a uh, in bad shape for quite a while. In fact, he'd had a stroke last year, last November, and had been in the hospital ever since. He suffered that stroke while he was on vacation in Cabo. And then suffered a second stroke just a few days ago and had been in hospice care. And uh, John Katsalamitis, a columnist for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, where Robin Leach had worked, tweeted out the news very this early this morning that he died just about 2 o'clock this morning. Another friend of his said, Robin Leach acted like a millionaire 
because it was expected that the guy doing the show was going to act like a millionaire. He kind of put on this air, and he would always ask for something special, and, you know, it had to be champagne if everyone else was drinking a cocktail. But, you know, as you got to know Robin, you realized that he kind of almost felt that that was expected of him, that people wanted to see the lifestyles of the rich and famous Robin Leach, and um, that's kind of, you know, that's what he brought for them. Uh, he was born in London during World War II, went to journalism uh, as a teenager, and worked for a long time at the Daily Mail, worked for the New York Daily News and People Magazine, eventually started uh, here in L.A. Uh, doing local TV reports for KABC, and then did a bunch of talk show stuff, or I should say turned that Real Lives of Millionaire stuff into talk shows, and uh, then did some reality stuff. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. The surreal life fame game. Who wants to be a millionaire? There was a crash locally that is trending because of a catering truck that took advantage of that crash. There was an early morning crash this morning, 105 in the 405, near the 405 interchange, and it blocked up traffic for hours. If you were caught up in it, my apologies. But AC Catering had one of their trucks stuck in the same parking lot that you were on. And you know what they did? They flip open the side of that thing and start serving breakfast. They turn the lights on, and eventually people line up. Um, their AC Catering, big, large-scale food truck operation yeah, out of Bell Gardens, and this was a just an opportunity for them. There's a picture in the L.A. Times that uh, the L.A. Times tweeted out that shows this parking lot of cars, a line of about six or seven people outside the AC Catering truck, and in the background... In the background, you see the aftermath of this crash where it's a giant fireball. And in that case, in the picture, you could see smoke rising into the air as a result of that. Well, we've begun to lose our minds. In Tarboro, North Carolina, a fifth grader was punished for referring to his teacher as ma'am. Little Tamarion Wilson was crying when he got off the school bus on Tuesday. And mom asked him what happened. And he says he got in trouble for saying, yes, ma'am. And to prove it, he pulled out a sheet of paper on it where he had written ma'am on it four times per line, single space, both sides. His teacher told him to write the word ma'am on the sheet because he kept referring to her as ma'am, despite her instruction not to. And as part of his punishment, he had to have the paper signed by one of his parents. Now, mom and dad said their kids were taught to refer to elders as ma'am and sir, and that there was absolutely zero disrespect in referring to the teacher as ma'am. The punishment was completed in class. She was concerned that the mom was concerned that her mom, her son was missing an opportunity to do work during the time. Mom met with the teacher on Tuesday to talk about the incident and the punishment. And the teacher acknowledged saying that at one point she was going to throw something at the kid. Idiot. Uh, and, of course, mom requests that the uh, that little Tamarion be taken out of that class and more power to her. If the teacher can't figure that out, that saying the word ma'am is a sign of respect, then uh, maybe she needs to be teaching somewhere else. Uh, in, let's see, San Luis, Arizona, right across the border from uh, another city, in fact, a city basically bifurcated by the border, 
They found an empty Kentucky Fried Chicken. And in that empty KFC was a tunnel that ran about 600 feet under the border. Ivan Lopez owns the property where the Kentucky Fried Chicken now stands in San Luis, Arizona. He was arrested last week. Authorities pulled him over and discovered that he had a stash. Uh, a, he had a slew of drugs in his truck. A canine unit alerted cops to some toolboxes that also had drugs in it. 118 kilograms of meth, 6 kilos of cocaine, 3 kilos of fentanyl, 13 kilos of white heroin, 6 kilos of brown heroin. This guy had a buffet of drugs in his truck. Just the 3 kilograms of fentanyl alone, they said, translates to about 3 million dosage units. They found a tunnel 22 feet deep. 600 feet long with wooden planks lining the wall. And what they would do is drop the drugs into a tray on one end and pull them through the tunnel on a rope on the other end, bring them across the border. And finally, Burning Man. Julie, you're not going to Burning Man this weekend, Oh, I'm very against Burning Man. Oh, good. Not into it. I'm happy to hear that answer. (laughs) Well, the people who put together Burning Man have written a letter to top federal officials threatening a lawsuit because of continuing traffic stops that slow the vehicles that are headed into the 80,000-person event, which begins midnight on Sunday. They say that the Pyramid Lake Police Department is harassing them. That many of the traffic stop tactics are attempts to imitate and harass travelers who are doing nothing more than passing through the reservation on a state-maintained highway. Unacceptable. The behavior should not be tolerated by agency leaders nor the public. The letter is addressed to Daryl LeCount, acting director of the U.S. Bureau of Indian Affairs. And he said, I don't care. State Route 447 passes through the town of Nixon. It's the only main road to the site. And they said it not only has it stopped people who are going there to help set up for it, but it affects their ability to provide ice, portable toilet maintenance, and public services for the event. Law enforcement has been stopping vehicles for having a tire touch the center line for going three miles an hour over the posted limit or even something as silly as having a partially blocked license plate. Well, that's what you get. Got to know that going into Burning Man, you're going to get pulled over by the cops, dummies. All right, we come back. How we can track earthquakes. We can predict earthquakes by tracking animals. And I'm telling you, there's so many earthquakes lately, big earthquakes lately. It's got me worried, keeping an eye on my dog. Tell you about that when we come back. To Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon. We'll get into uh, Swamp Watch at the bottom of the hour. We have a bunch of stories to cover, including uh, Alan Weisselberg. He was uh, or is the chief financial officer for the Trump Organization for the business. He has been granted immunity. Feds have granted him immunity so that he can testify in the Michael Cohen case. Talk about what that could mean. Also, the president says he told Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to not go to North Korea this next trip that there's not enough progress being made on denuclearization. So we'll talk all about that. And uh, and Senator John McCain, his family says he's discontinued treatment for his brain tumor. He is uh, He's 81. He's got, his birthday is next week, but <clears throat> it does not look good. We're going to be talking with Emily Rao in a little bit about what's going on with uh, John McCain. All right. Um, there have been a pantload of earthquakes in the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, around, especially around the Pacific Ring of Fire. 
there was a 4.7 in Tonga, 5.3 in Papua New Guinea, 4.6 in the Philippines. There was a 7.1 in Peru. Here in California, there have been a couple small ones, a 2.8 in Kettleman City and, and a 2.5 in Villa Park, all within the last couple of days. And what what terrifies me about this, because I'm, you know, the non-expert tectonicologist, yeah, that guy, is that I am afraid that if all of these earthquakes happen around the Ring of Fire in California, Southern California, the uh, the fault lines here are going to be the next to go because the pressure is being built up when they are released elsewhere. It builds up here. Again, not official, but come on, the logic demands it, right? Well, listen, if you have... We've done stories many times about the potential for earthquake early warning systems, and they're working on it up and down the West Coast, and it's not that expensive. There is a team of researchers that is working on a less-than-solid theory when it comes to predicting earthquakes. But if they're right, if they're right, instead of a few seconds... 10, 20, 30 seconds of warning like we've seen in Japan and would be possible here in Los Angeles. They're talking about potentially hours of warning before a massive earthquake. And what they're thinking about doing is watching animals. For example, there have been rumors about this for a long time or, or anecdotal evidence that animals react before an earthquake because they sense that something's happening, whether it's the super low uh, this super low amplitude sounds that are happening under the earth before it actually cracks whatever it is that they'll behave oddly in the hours that lead up to an earthquake snakes for example snakes will flee their dens they'll become aggressive before an earthquake flocks of birds will appear to migrate off course martin vikelski is director of the max planck institute for ornithology in Germany, a leader of the International Cooperation for Animal Research Using Space. And he says, if we can demonstrate this beyond a doubt, it has the potential to save hundreds of thousands of people in the future. And the problem with the current earthquake-sensing technologies is that they only give you a few seconds warning time. Over the last four years, this group of of researchers has fitted more than 10,000 animals with sensor radio transmitters birds bats cows flying foxes and it's a tiny little thing think of it about the size of a key fob with an antenna sticking out of it and a solar panel on it and during the day that solar panel charges the battery and then at night runs the obviously that battery runs the little sensor they're all gps tracking They collect information about the animals. They beam it to the International Space Station, which then relays it to this lab in Germany for analysis. Starting in October, they say that scientists are going to study this information to see if the animals do, in fact, behave differently ahead of these earthquakes. And if so, whether that behavior, that odd behavior, would be reliable enough to make an early warning system practicable. And then, I mean, listen, if you you had an app that would alert you hours in advance of an earthquake, you would have time to do everything. I mean, you'd have time to move to safety. 
law enforcement would have time to pre-position their assets. Fire departments could pre-position fire, fire engines, ambulances in areas that could be prone to building collapses. This would be especially valuable in the poorer areas. I mean, every time we talk about earthquakes in Nepal and Pakistan, it seems like 5,000 people die. There are 12 to 14,000 earthquakes every single year. 12 to 14,000. And the U.S. Geological Survey says that they estimate quakes are going to kill up to 3 million people over the next century. Not everybody loves this. Not everybody believes that animals can tell us. The director of the Southern California Earthquake Center, John Vidali, says the animals might be sensitive to things we haven't measured, but I don't have very high hopes. And he says we've had instruments close to animals in many places for years, and we've never had a case where the instruments showed something, the animals picked it up, and it was coming before an earthquake. So, But it is, it is a long-term version of this to try to establish a series of animal behavior patterns that we could probably evaluate and see if, in fact, they can tell us anything. All right, when we come back to Gary and Channel, we're going to jump into Swamp Watch. Uh, more about the National Enquirer publisher who's been granted immunity, also the CFO for the Trump Organization that's been granted immunity, and what Rudy Giuliani said would happen if the president were impeached. All of that is coming up on the Gary and Channel. Don't tell my heart, my Gary and Shannon, at the top of the hour, 1 o'clock, we're going to revisit the Molly Tibbetts case. Now, Ryan Burrow is going to join us. We know that uh, Molly's funeral is going to take place this weekend. And we'll talk about that along with uh, revisiting that interview that we did yesterday with the uh, suspect's attorney. And uh, getting some pushback, actually. People complaining that we're calling this guy a small-town hick lawyer. Huh. Wonder why? From Tama, Iowa. All right. Um, the story about uh, Robin Leach. He died at age seventy-six in Las Vegas. He suffered a stroke last year in Mexico, and apparently suffered another stroke a few days ago before he passed away early this morning. We may revisit that uh, next hour as well. It's time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Every day at 1230, we jump into the stories that have uh, come out of Washington, D.C. And uh, one of the unfortunate ones is not really out of D.C. It's out of Arizona. In fact, a guy who hasn't been in D.C. for some time, Senator John McCain from Arizona, family announced that he has chosen to discontinue his medical treatment for brain cancer. Emily Rao is joining us to talk more about this story. Emily, how's it going? Hi there. Thanks for having me. Hey, what's going on with this? We know that he's been uh, dealing with this brain tumor diagnosis for some time. Is it just that there's no sign of any improvement? Treatment isn't doing anything for him? 
Yes. So last summer he was diagnosed with this aggressive glioblastoma. It's a brain cancer. It's very, very aggressive, as I mentioned, and there's really no cure. So he was really aggressively fighting it also throughout this last year, uh, sort of stepped back and was doing more treatment in Arizona, not coming to D.C. much so far in 2018. But today his family putting out this statement and saying, you know, Senator John McCain is going to stop treatment. They said John has surpassed expectations for his survival, but the progress of the disease and his advanced age have really rendered their verdict that it's time now that he no longer wants to be actively fighting this. It's, uh, his birthday is next week? Yes, he is uh, 81 years old. He'll be 82 on Wednesday. Uh, we don't know if he will make it to his 82nd birthday. There's not a lot of information about just how grave his condition is. But, uh, yeah, just a, a very sad ending here. Yeah, um, his his family, obviously, his uh, his daughter Megan has been one of the more vocal people, only because she's been in the spotlight for so long. Um, has she come out? Has she said anything about her father? Yeah, she tweeted uh, not long after the statement was issued today, and she said, my family's deeply appreciative of all the love and generosity, also saying that, you know, we could not have made it this far without you, that you've given us so much strength to carry on. And she's gone back and forth. Uh, she works in New York during the week, and then she flies home to Arizona to see him. And one of the things that she said over the last months is that she is amazed by how her father does not seem to fear death, that he is proud of the way he lived and that he is not afraid to die. Yeah, I saw an interview with him that CNN played earlier today in, in regards to this story, and it was a comment he made almost a year ago where he said, very matter-of-factly, hey, everyone's got to die somehow, sometime. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And he knew that this brain cancer was the thing that was probably going to take him down. Yeah, and you just look at his life. He was a prisoner of war for five and a half years. He has seven children. He's, you know, this decorated military service. He, he's run for president multiple times. He's been a longtime senator. He has really crammed a lot of living into his lifetime. Yeah. Did you ever see the HBO documentary on him for uh, for whom the bell tolls? I have not seen Man, it, but I've heard wonderful things. I'm telling you. Uh I know that some of the criticism is that it paves over some of the unflattering parts of mm -hmm. his uh, his term in the Senate, sure. but it also it airs a lot of his dirty laundry. But it's a brilliant look at uh, at this guy's life. So anyway, Emily, thank you for your time. You're welcome, Emily Rao, the, the latest. And again, McCain's family has said that he has uh, chosen to discontinue medical treatment for brain cancer. They said that um, the progress of disease, the inexorable advance of age, render their verdict. And he has been the subject of all kinds of messages of support from members of Congress, uh, other lawmakers, uh, people in the government who have worked with him for any number of the last 25, 30 years. So uh, that's a sad thing in that it appears, like Emily mentioned, he's not going to make it to his uh, next birthday, which I think will be, I believe it's uh, Wednesday of next week. Anyway. Uh, more uh, Washington, D.C. stuff. The president, uh, according to The Washington Post, had asked his lawyers for their advice on the possibility of pardoning Paul Manafort and some of the other aides that have been accused of crimes. Now, uh, this is uh, his own lawyer who says this. This is not an undisclosed source. This is Rudy Giuliani. Now, the subject of pardoning Paul Manafort came up when he was facing the charges of bank and tax fraud. The lawyers told the president, if you're going to pardon this guy or anybody associated with the investigation into the Russian interference in the 2016 election, 
at least wait until the special counsel is done. At least wait until Robert Mueller issues some sort of either final report or final indictment, whatever it is. But wait. And Giuliani said the president had agreed and didn't push the issue any further. Um, the the advice came in the wake of a spate of pardons that he granted earlier this summer. If you remember the Kim Kardashian story about how she went to the White House and got the president to uh, pardon a woman who had been accused of drug crimes. But Rudy Giuliani said that he and Jay Sekulow, another personal attorney, advised waiting to see whether or not Mueller delivers a report that accuses the president of obstruction in that case. Now, Sarah Sanders told reporters uh, the other day she wasn't aware of any discussions with the president pardoning Manafort, that it was a topic that was not something that had been up for discussion. And on Thursday, she said it was not under active consideration. Uh, So she had to walk it back just a little bit. Continue with more of this uh, Washington, D.C. story when we come back to uh, more Swamp Watch on Gary and Shannon. Hey, if you're looking for a, uh, a movie, a couple things I want to tell you about. I'm going to give away some tickets. Um, in fact, a bunch of passes that we have to go see Operation Finale, the new Oscar winner Ben Kingsley, new movie with Oscar winner Ben Kingsley, Golden Globe winner Oscar Isaac. And it, it opens next Wednesday. We have a preview coming up on Monday at Arclight in Hollywood, and I'll tell you how you can win those passes coming up. We also have uh, some of the movies that are coming out this weekend, next hour, We'll go through some of those. Um, Molly Tibbetts' funeral has been planned. It's going to take place this weekend. And Ryan Burrow is going to join us in the 1 o'clock hour. We're going to talk more about uh, that case specifically. And then revisit that interview that we did with Alan Richards yesterday. This is the attorney for the guy accused of killing Molly Tibbetts. And um, some of his crazy uh, answers to the questions. He went on after he went on with us. He went on with uh, Martha McCallum on Fox News and continued his crazy train in terms of some of the answers that he was given to some very basic questions about the case. Uh, also, Robin Leach died early today. Remember uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? He died at the age of 76 in Las Vegas. He had suffered a stroke about 10 months ago and then suffered another stroke, according to his friends. He suffered another stroke on Monday and had been in hospice care. So... Um, the big stories out of Washington, D.C. continue to be this one about uh, Mike Pompeo. The president asked the secretary of state to cancel an upcoming trip to North Korea, saying on Twitter that uh, the United States has not made significant progress on nuclear talks with the country in what appeared to be his first admission that uh, there may be some sort of a stall here. Now, the president also pointed the finger at China for some of this, suggesting that maybe China is intervening with North Korea because it's not happy about how the trade tariffs are going and said that the nuclear talks may not get back on track until the Chinese trade war is fixed, which is a pretty high bar. But this was a a, a series of uh, out of left field moves by the president when it comes to North Korea, because the tweets uh, appear to undermine the secretary of state because Mike Pompeo had said just yesterday that he's going to visit North Korea next week, along with a newly named U.S. envoy that's been tasked with actually doing these nuclear talks. So we're not quite sure. This is the first real um, rebuttal, I guess you could say, towards North Korea. 
since all of this went down. So it's hard to say exactly how North Korea may respond to all of this. Speaking of Twitter, the president also had some tweets today that were going after Jeff Sessions. Tweet, tweet, tweet. What do you think he just tweeted? Sit back, relax, and enjoy my tweets. Well, uh... Justice Department will not be improperly influenced by political considerations. That was Jeff Sessions' statement yesterday. The president tweeted that quote today and then wrote, Jeff, this is great, what everyone wants, so look into all of the corruption on the other side, including deleted emails, Comey lies and leaks, Mueller conflicts, McCabe, Strzok, Page, or FISA abuse, Christopher Steele and his phony and corrupt dossier, the Clinton Foundation, illegal surveillance of Trump campaign, Russian collusion by Dems, and so much more. He writes, open up the papers and documents without redaction. Come on, Jeff, you can do it. The country is waiting. The SmackDown, of course, follows the comments that he made in an interview that was aired yesterday on Fox and Friends that Jeff Sessions never took control of the Justice Department, and it's sort of an incredible thing. Jeff Sessions made it clear that he has no intention of quitting. This is not going to scare him out of his job as attorney general, despite this barrage of criticism that has uh, increased in the last several weeks and days. Um, The the, uh, attorney general said while he has been the attorney general, the actions of the department won't be improperly influenced by those political uh, considerations. He says, I demand the highest standards. And where they are not met, I take action. Now, remember, yesterday they had a meeting. After all of this went down, they had a meeting yesterday in the White House to talk about prison reform. And according to sources, they didn't look at each other. They didn't talk about any of this back and forth. Because I wonder what sort of a conversation that would have been. If Jeff Sessions finally said to the president, hey, you got a problem with the way I'm doing my job? Have you got a, have you got a problem with exactly what's going on here in terms of how I'm doing this, and you're the one who chose me. Let's not forget that. Uh, there is a specific, very specific man who has now been granted immunity in the federal investigation into Michael Cohen. And this is a guy who was a longtime chief financial officer for the Trump organization. And the assumption is that Alan Weisselberg is a guy who has a lot of information when it comes to payments that Michael Cohen made to women to keep them quiet. This doesn't mean that the president is implicated in any of this because Weisselberg may not have any information about whether or not the president knew about payments, or he may have all the information about whether the president knew about these payments. But the payments themselves to these women, whether it's Karen McDougal or Stormy, Stormy, Stormy McDaniels, Stormy Daniels or whoever, Those payments made to those women, if they were done to keep them quiet for the purposes of the campaign or on behalf of the campaign, then it can amount to an illegal campaign contribution. Even if the president pays back the lawyer out of his own pocket, that's going to be a problem. So all of that stuff. Now, Alan Weisselberg is the latest guy who's going to have information on that who could potentially give it up to the feds. And then finally, a lot of talk that uh, this all of what we've seen in the last several days, this week specifically, when it comes to the Mueller investigation, the guilty pleas with Paul, uh, sorry, the guilty pleas with Michael Cohen, the guilty verdicts with Paul Manafort, that impeachment is a word that's being thrown around a lot. Rudy Giuliani said in an interview with Sky News that if the president were impeached, 
If you only impeach him for political reasons, that's the term he used, the American people would revolt against that. And when he was asked about whether or not the president was destined for inevitable impeachment, Rudy Giuliani says hardly. And he said, in fact, things have turned very much in the president's favor. Uh, He is completely cleared. You have this Cohen guy. He doesn't know anything about Russian collusion, doesn't know anything about obstruction, which is absolutely true. The Michael Cohen stuff doesn't have anything to do with whether or not Russia had anything to do with the campaign. That may not be enough to get any sort of an indictment out of special counsel Robert Mueller. I don't even think I don't even think Robert Mueller would be interested in a campaign finance violation. He's not the one who's handling this. This is the feds in New York. Although the information that they got came from the Mueller investigation. So we'll keep an eye on that. That's a that's a weird twist in all of this. Uh, the fact that Alan Weisselberg has now been granted immunity to testify in the Michael Cohen matter as well. When we come back, Ryan Burrow is going to join us. We're going to talk about the Molly Tibbetts funeral planned for this weekend. Next on Gary and Shannon. without having to fire Blake, but um, I guess you almost made it, buddy. You almost made it. <laughs> 1992 is our uh, Flashback Friday year. This is the last... 1992 was the last time a hurricane made landfall in Hawaii. That would have been Hurricane Aniki that hit Kauai. Hurricane Lane is still barreling down on the Hawaiian Islands. Now a Category 2 storm causing a bunch of problems along the Hawaiian islands, including the Big Island. 20 inches of rain in some places fell on the Big Island and massive, uh, massive flooding that has, uh, that has caused some big, big problems along the, uh, along the Hawaiian islands. Mike Pompeo's flight has been canceled. The Secretary of State was going to go to North Korea. The president told him not to go. Apparently there's not been enough progress made on denuclearization. And the story about Dr. Thomas Frieden, uh, the former head of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Frieden accused of sexual assault, one count of forcible touching, one count of third-degree sex abuse, one count of second-degree harassment. A woman filed a, a, a claim against him or filed the charges against him back in July uh, because of an event that took place at his apartment, I guess, in New York back in October. We uh, started the show today by talking about the Molly Tibbetts case. And uh, we talked uh, we talked to the attorney yesterday, the attorney for the suspected killer. And he didn't really shed a whole lot of uh, light on the information, uh, light on any information about the case or what he knew. And joining us to talk about uh, what's going on with this case is uh, Ryan Burrow. And Ryan, we um, we understand that the funeral has finally been planned for Molly. Yeah, they're going to have it at the high school in Brooklyn um, coming up this weekend. It'll be Sunday at 2 o'clock, and we can expect it to be a full house. I mean, you had an entire community that was searching for uh, over 30 days for this 20-year-old woman, and uh, it came to a sad conclusion. But uh, that being said, it did come to a conclusion. And um, as we know now, there is uh, someone in custody and uh, facing charges and debates about immigration. And, um, you know, I think that uh, those will probably continue. But this weekend, uh, the focus will probably be on on Molly and uh, her life and and the legacy she leaves behind and um, uh, the family uh, 
thanking everyone for for helping aid in the in the search for her as well as all the well wishes they've been receiving uh, following news of her death. I know that you've been uh, following the story pretty closely for the last few weeks, and I'm I'm curious to know your reaction to last weekend when the when Dad and Molly's brothers were told you know, get back to your normal life. We'll obviously keep you updated on things. But the way that Rob Tibbetts, the dad, was describing that instruction from law enforcement was was just that. It was an instruction for him to leave. And then it was 48 hours later that we found Molly's body. Was that was that weird to you or interesting at all? It, it was because we had just gotten word, I believe it was Monday, that uh, that Rob Tibbetts had headed back to, to California. And you know, I mean, at some point, you, you've got to begin that adjustment, right? I mean, you, it, while the search always continues, at, at some point, there's nothing you can do. And they've obviously found a month after that to be a good break point um, for uh, them to, uh, you know, try to get back to, to life without Molly in one form or another. And they just let them know what was going on. You can imagine, um, you know, over that span, how how much they they wanted to get information from police and, and you know, uh, were seeking any kind of morsel of or anything that 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 might uh, show some kind of sign of hope, but um, you also have to understand too that in that month span, I mean, they were uh, the, they were trotting out there and, and going in front of the cameras and, and doing radio interviews and doing newspaper interviews, just trying to keep the story uh, as high profile as possible. Anytime uh, they would say something or they would hold a press conference, it would you know obviously uh, be top priority in, in all the local um, you know newspapers and, and news stories and TV stations because they wanted to keep it you know, in everyone's mind. And um, at some point they just decided, look, we, you know, we've, we've, we've got to continue this investigation, but, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to keep it at the same gusto that we had it before. What do we know about the suspect in this case? Anything new in terms of uh, his family or the family's reaction to this guy in the days and weeks after Molly's disappearance? Not since his court appearance, and uh, if you guys spoke to to his attorney, I mean, some of the information that we received uh, that day um, basically came from the attorney that uh, there had been no criminal past and that he had been in the country uh, since he was a minor. So he came to the country as a minor. Those were two little nuggets that uh, we hadn't had uh, to that point. Uh, there was some idea, but uh, um, that was confirmed by the attorney. And, um, you know, we saw the, the $5 million cash bond, and uh, he'll probably be uh, in prison until he goes to trial, would be my guess, um, or in jail, I should say, until he goes to trial. Uh, we don't know a ton of information more than uh, what the employer gave us as well uh, after that kind of walk back about whether or not he had been in the E-Verify system. Uh, no indications of anything uh, emotionally uh, that he was dealing with over that 30-day span, according to the uh, nine or so employees he worked with. Um, he continued to show up to work in those 35 days between the time Molly disappeared and the time her body was recovered. So um, from their perspective, the people who were closest to him, uh, they seemed to be shocked. Very strange. All right, Ryan, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Take care. Ryan Burrow there, the latest on the, the Molly Tibbetts case. And again, it looks like the funeral is planned this weekend for the high school there in Brooklyn, Iowa, where she went to school. Um, Ryan mentioned this. I mentioned this. I want to I want to play for you just a couple of pieces of this interview that Alan Richards did after he did the interview with us yesterday. He went on with um, uh, Martha McCallum on Fox News. And there's a couple of things to take away from this in this guy's interview. Uh, first of all, he is going to play up this immigration thing because there was a discrepancy in whether or not this guy was in the country legally. And 
for the only people who say he was in the country legally, at least the only ones now, are the suspect and the attorney. Because as Ryan mentioned, the place that he was working originally said, yes, he did pass an E-Verify uh, check, but that's not what they did. And they came out and changed their stance on that. So we'll talk about that, this weird attorney, when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Channel. Big stories that we're following. Hurricane Lane is now a Category 2, but still causing massive problems in the Hawaiian Islands. Probably not going to make landfall, but they're seeing two feet of rain in some areas over the last couple of days. Alan Weisselberg, who was a longtime chief financial officer for the Trump Organization, is the latest to have been granted immunity in the Michael Cohen case. Apparently to testify when, if the president knew about payments and when he knew about them. Uh, the other interesting thing that came out today, speaking of that, was yesterday we told you that David Pecker, the guy who was the CEO for American Media Incorporated, the National Enquirer company, the Associated Press is reporting that there was an entire safe, like an old-fashioned safe, that held a bunch of catch-and-kill stories that were dealing with then-candidate Trump that this uh, David Pecker paid for and refused to publish. But not just him, I mean, not just Donald Trump, there was a series of celebrity stories in there that would be worth millions and millions of dollars if he were to ever sell them. So that's an interesting uh, version of that. Yesterday, we, at about this time, had an opportunity to interview a guy named Alan Richards, who is the lawyer for the suspect in the Molly Tibbetts case. Uh, yes. Is this Gary? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Now, he didn't seem to be altogether there. You can make excuses for the guy. You could say he's very busy. You could say he's got a lot on his plate right now dealing with one of the highest profile murder cases we've seen this year. And you can also say he's uh, he's from Tama, Iowa, and uh, he may not be the caliber of lawyer that you would see in a big city case. And before you start the email chain that says, why do you hate people from small town America? I'm not I don't hate some smart people come from small town America. I'm not saying that that's the case. This guy just did not appear to have it all together when we were talking to him yesterday. Uh, To add to that, after he went on with us, he went on with Martha McCallum on Fox News. And she was asking him very simple questions about his job as a defense attorney. And he started stumbling to the point where he couldn't put two words together that made any sense describing what his job is as a defense attorney. I think there's a misconception of what the role of a defense attorney is. My role is to vigorously represent Christian, and my obligation is to the administration of justice in a manner that seeks out the truth, in a manner that helps people and societal problems in a rational yeah, peaceful. No, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I, I listen, if he's not going to answer questions, because I, I was asking him questions yesterday about his client's legal status, whether he's in the country legally or not, because the criminal, the division of criminal investigation in the state of Iowa said he's not in the country legally. Now, how would they know that? Well, obviously, they went through Homeland Security and checked the guy. 
And that's the that's the story that the state of Iowa is going with. He is not in the country legally. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement specifically said that he's not in the country legally. His employer, who originally screwed the story up, came back out and had to retract and say, he's not who he told us he was. He is in the country illegally. So when I asked the guy yesterday, so was your client in the country legally? All he could say was he was a hard worker, which wasn't the question. That's and and. It's frustrating to me, and I kind of feel like I've fallen suspect to this or fallen subject to this. This doesn't matter if he killed Molly Tibbetts. It doesn't matter if he's in the country legally or not. He's still going to go through our court process. He's still going to serve time in our prison system for the rest of his life. We, we don't we don't convict these people and then send them back or send them back and then try to have their own states convict. I, I mean, that doesn't happen. He committed the crime here. He's going to pay the price here. So it doesn't matter if he's in the country legally or not in terms of the way this process continues to go out. What that matters to is the discussion of whether or not you're going to improve our immigration system, which has been completely broken. So that I understand. But when Martha McCallum asked him about that same question about legal status in the country, he continued to talk about how this is a this is maybe like an, an opinion that he's in the country. There's no such thing. You don't get to have an opinion if someone is in the country legally or not. It is a fact. It is a fact about whether or not he's in the country legally or not. You want to jump to say they're facts. Have these people been under oath? Have these people provided the opportunity for Christian to present his point of view on the matter? It's not a that point of view question. Illegal, it's not Ill- a point of view question. Either he's here legally or he's not here legally. It's really not a point of view question. It's not a rhetoric question, sir. That's maybe your point of view, Martha. We have a society here, an agrarian society, where these individuals are welcome here. They are accepted by the, the, the wealthy individuals that are running these companies, and they're a vital part to the community. <laughs> Again, none of that determines whether or not he should be considered a suspect in the death of this 20-year-old woman. Nothing. The strangest part about all of this, last week when investigators came out with a checklist for people in and around Brooklyn, Iowa, it included things like, do you notice friends or family members or acquaintances who have strangely changed their behavior? Maybe they've changed the patterns that they usually fall into when they go to work or go to restaurants or hang out, whatever it is. Has their personality changed? Any of that. The aunt for the suspect described the guy as a good father to his daughter and said that he was living with his baby mama until about a year and a half ago when they broke up. Now, the the mom has since moved out of the area with the little girl. But she described the suspect, the aunt did, described the suspect as a good person. He was a jokester. For us, he was a good and normal person, not aggressive or violent. He was just normal like us. And she's saying that she's hoping, she and the rest of the family are hoping that this is just an error and that they would wake up from this nightmare, despite the fact that he led them to the body. She said in the weeks after Molly went missing, you couldn't escape a conversation about everybody in that area was talking about this young girl who had been missing this young woman 
She said that when they would get together, they would talk about Molly's case. And they would comment as well, and they would all say that they were surprised and scared because it was a quiet town. But that this guy, while he was involved in these conversations, never displayed signs that they would suspect he had anything to do with it. She said she does have questions for him. Why would you do this? You had a future of you had a, ahead of you. Why would you do this? She said she's waiting for DNA results, which she hopes would clear his name. He led them to the body. That's uh, pretty cut and dried for me. All right. We'll come back. We have some movie stuff that we're going to do. Tell you about some of the movies that are coming out this week, and there's a bunch, actually, that should be interesting. And In fact, one of them is falling into this new genre of screen life, screen life movies. Explain what that means and why, uh, why this one might be better than the others. It is Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets, and they're giving you a chance at some free movie tickets. All you got to do is text the word REPORTER. To Adam1, reporter to A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win. It's the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and skip those lines. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Weekend movies when we come back to the Gary and Shannon Show. Gary and Shannon. On this Friday, it's August uh, 24th. No mo this week, but uh, man, we still have a bunch of movie stuff that we have to get to. The uh, We told you before about the uh, Russo brothers. They're the ones who did all of these Marvel, um, the Marvel movies. Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War. They did Avengers Infinity War. And they're doing the follow-up to it, which at this point is just called Avengers 4. So all three of the movies they've done so far have been absolute blow-over hits. I mean, they've been incredible. And, of course, they're working on Avengers 4, which means they're going to make a bazillion dollars. They have signed on to their first post-Avengers directing job, and it's a movie called Cherry, based on a book by first-time author Nico Walker. Uh, It follows an army medic who comes back to the United States of America with undiagnosed PTSD— gets addicted to opioids, and starts robbing banks. Uh, the screenplay apparently written by Jessica Goldberg, etc. Now, they're saying this is an interesting thing because uh, there there's some interesting backstory to this because the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony, have lost family members to opioids so that this may be an opportunity for them to put a spotlight on this problem to raise awareness. Um, they also expect that Walker, by the way, the guy who wrote it, Nico Walker, is going to be out of prison at about the time this movie would come out, if you think about it. Because they're not going to start making this movie until they finish up with Avengers 4, whatever that is. So they've got all of the shoots and reshoots, post-production that they're going to have, they're doing now, and will fall several months into next year. And then big, huge press tour for Avengers 4. And... They're going to have to wait and see. So if they start filming this movie, Cherry, it probably won't be until the the very end of next year. Uh, word around town is that it's back to the drawing board for the, the writers of this new James Bond movie. Danny Boyle 
decided to take off. Danny Boyle and his co-writer, John Hodge, did deliver a draft of the latest James Bond script that apparently didn't meet the approval of the producers. Uh, Daniel Craig didn't like it either. So they sent out word that they're looking for a writer or a writer-director to come onto the film, and they're not eyeing just a director, which means that they have some massive, massive rewrites that they're going to have to be doing. And then there's also, with the uh, the Queen picture coming out, the Queen biopic, there was news about the Elton John biopic, Rocket Man. They had to push it back by a couple of weeks. They say it's not going to be released until May 31st, 2019. And if you remember, uh, it looks like... Taron Edgerton is going to play Elton John, and Bryce Dallas Howard is going to play his mother in that movie. That should be interesting. All right, some of the movies that are coming out this weekend, some of them look pretty interesting. Others I could uh, care less about. One of them has a horrible, a horrible seven score from Metacritic. Seven out of 100. This one is uh, called An L.A. Minute. A satirical look at fame, success, a star-making machinery, and the karma that attaches to all those who worship at the altar of celebrity. Uh, Gabriel Byrne is back in this movie. Haven't seen much of him. Kiersey Clemens. They said that uh, best-selling author Ted Gold faces a moral dilemma when an avant-garde performance artist in the I'm already bored. Never mind. Uh, another movie that's coming out this weekend looks a little bit more interesting. is called Replicas, and it stars Keanu Reeves and Alice Eve. A scientist becomes obsessed with bringing his family back after they were all killed in a car accident. Tell me the truth. There was a crash. You and the kids died. I brought you back. There is a reason human cloning is banned. I'm dead. Something already has. All right, now it seems pretty cliche, but it actually is getting some relatively good reviews uh, early on. By the way, the guy from the Verizon commercials, the whack, he's in this, so I can't see him. He got in an anything. acting gig? Yeah. No. Yeah. Come well, on. he was in. He was in Girls on HBO. I think that was the Wait, show. Wait, yeah. I watched that. Yeah, I thought Gosh, he was I don't in even that. No, he probably didn't have the glasses on. <laughs> see now. Now he's in this one. Uh, Another movie coming out called Support the Girls. Regina Hall is getting reviews I've never seen before. Incredibly positive reviews. The general manager at a highway side sports bar with curves. Think of something like uh, Hooters. Has uh, an incurable optimism and faith in her girls and her customers and herself tested over the course of a very long, very strange day. Let me just say, the most important thing is that this is a mainstream place, you know, and it's a family place, which means a lot of families come here. And it also means that we're all family. And, yeah, you're not, you know, you're not wearing a a whole lot of clothes. But trust me, if these guys wanted to go to a strip club, they know where to find them. They just come here so some sweet girls can take good care of them. It's like like working at, at Chili's or Applebee's, except it's more fun and the tips are way better. Uh, comedy with heart is the way that it's been described, but a really, really great review that I saw in uh, New York Post, I think it was today, about support the girls, again, with Regina Hall. She's really the only name that anybody would recognize. Papillon is coming out as well. Wrongly convicted for murder, Henri Charrier forms an unlikely relationship with a fellow inmate and a quirky convicted counterfeiter, Luis Dega, in an attempt to escape from the notorious penal colony on Devil's Island. You've seen this before. This was the old Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman movie. This one remade with Charlie Hunnam and Remy Malik. There are two guardians who are always in beauty. Bush 
or the best thing that can happen to you is starvation. Or you could choose to see. What's it good for? It's not for that. Where the sharks were always hungry. If you manage to survive your first attempt, you'll get two years in solitary. Second attempt, you'll get a life sentence at Devil's Island. All right. Uh, the interesting thing is when the original movie came out, the Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman movie in 1973, I saw that Roger Ebert reviewed it pretty poorly. In fact, he said, it's the only time I've wanted the main character to escape jail so that the movie would finally be over. I don't know if this is the same thing, although this is not getting great reviews. It did premiere at the Toronto Film Festival almost a year ago, so a lot of people have already seen this before. It opens in 400 or 500 theaters coming up. Now, we'll come back. I'll do a couple more movies because one of them is very specifically attaching itself to a genre that you've not uh, that we've seen a whole lot of in the last couple of years, and almost all of them are suspense movies, and we could take a lesson from this movie. It's called Searching. But hey... Before we get to that, I've been telling you that we have tickets, a group of tickets, to Operation Finale, starring Oscar winner Ben Kingsley and Golden Globe winner Oscar Isaac. It opens in theaters next Wednesday, but you can see it Monday night at Arclight in Hollywood, okay? So here's how you're going to do that. First five callers, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Yeah, it's time to call. Come on, it's time to call. Let's call. Yeah. First five callers will win a couple of passes to go see Operation Finale Monday at 7 p.m. at Arclight Hollywood. Operation Finale will open for everybody else in theaters on Wednesday, August 29th. A few more movies we'll tell you about that are coming out this weekend. That's coming up next. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. Wrapping up the show, get into uh, three more of these movies that are opening up this weekend. But I just want to let you know that um, some of the stories we've been following, Senator John McCain has decided that he will discontinue treatment for his brain tumor. Uh, His birthday is next week. He's 81 right now, but there is some concern he won't even make it to his 82nd birthday. Hurricane Lane continues to roll on towards the Hawaiian Islands. As much as 20 inches of rain fell, different areas of the Big Island just yesterday. And the former head of the CDC, Thomas Frieden, has been accused of sexual assault. woman says that uh, he want, he grabbed her buttocks in an unwanted manner uh, uh, October of last year. We Oh, and I wanted to mention this one because this just came out from, uh, from Sony Music. Sony admits that in, they admitted in court that three of the songs on Michael Jackson's first posthumous album were not Michael Jackson. The vocals were sung by an imposter. I'm sorry, an impersonator. I guess that's an imposter as well. Um, the songs Breaking News, Keep Your Head Up, and Monster appeared on his album Michael, which was released in 2010. It debuted at number three on the charts. And they finally conceded in court there was some truth to the suspicions of fans and Michael's mother that the music was not him. And this is a, here's a version of uh, breaking news. Again, not Michael, an impersonator. Interesting. Could you tell the difference? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. 
Well, that's why uh, his mom even said, that's not my son, and uh, and she was absolutely right. All right, so some of the movies that are coming out this weekend, one of them is called Axel, Attack Exploration Logistics, AXL, Top Secret Robotic Military Dog, develops a, fr- develops a friendship with a guy who will go to any length to protect his new companion. Introducing Axel, the latest in military protection, featuring facial recognition, onboard weapon systems, and owner pairing capabilities. It's paired now. The key gives him control of the entire project. It's a robot, an intelligent robot. He feels things. Sending you the new location. Move in for retrieval. Thomas Jane is the lead in this. Becky G is in it as well. And the return of Ted McGinley to see this um, giant POS. Also, Searching. Searching is one of these new screen life films that is probably going to be the next big thing. You've seen some of the terrorists. uh, Terrorists. um, That's not the right word. Terrifying. Terror films where all you see is what goes on on someone's computer screen. This is similar to that because a 16-year-old girl goes missing and a desperate father played by John Cho, you know him from Star Trek and uh, the Harold and Kumar movies, he tries to find his 16-year-old girl by looking into her laptop to find clues to try to find her. Deborah Messing plays the detective in this case. And then finally, the one I think is probably going to get the most publicity is The Happy Time Murders. Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Banks, Maya Rudolph, Leslie David Baker. When the puppet cast of an 80s TV show begins to get murdered one by one, a disgraced LAPD detective turned private eye puppet (laughs) takes on the case, and Melissa McCarthy is involved as well. Do not come at me like that. Let me go for my gun? No. Unless you're talking about your penis. Then maybe... Hey, you don't come at me like that. For 50 cents, Goofer will give you a felty. A felty? No. I'll give you what I call the continental hot sock. I don't want anything hot from you. I will need a gallon of kombucha and some oatmeal. This is the kind of movie where humans are derogatorily referred to as meat sacks. By the way, the director of this is Brian Henson. Yes, the chair of the Jim Henson Company, the son of Jim Henson... This is not a kid's movie. This is not a kid's movie, despite the fact that there are puppets in it and it made a million dollars last night. Um, this is probably in line with uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit in that there are humans living alongside of and interacting with puppets instead of cartoons. And it is horrifically uh, in bad taste. But it's supposed to be really funny And who doesn't like seeing their favorite Sesame Street characters swear up a storm? All right, John and Ken up next. We'll see you Monday. Stay dry, everybody. Gary and Shannon's side studio show. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. We're looking at 20, 30 seconds. Yes, sir. I mean, I don't know. I guess. Make some sausage. Don't don't ask questions. It's been a rough day. Cooper is one of the most recommended brands in the tire industry. And Cooper Tire is an American company. Company. Now, I've told you about Reborn Cabinets as well and the manufacturing process that they do on the premises at their Anna. Chargers fans, you're. Los Angeles Chargers fans, it's time. Football it. I'm sorry. They're working out through August 23rd. You can see them up close and personal at Jack Hammett Sports Complex in Costa Mesa. The Bulls kick off their first home game this Saturday against the Seahawks at StubHub Center. Kickoff at 7. Come truck it. 
Yeah. Visit chargers.com backslash camp. Click on. No, that's for a training camp. Yeah! Energy! This has been Gary and Shannon's side studio show. Stay tuned for more outtakes and bloopers. Stay outtakes and bloopers. You know what I'm saying. We're going to keep screwing up. Be sure to be with us next time for further adventures of Gary and Shannon.